You're listening to the Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast. If it's post-apocalyptic, we're talking about it. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Post-Apocalyptic Media Podcast. I am your host, Sean. I'm the senior editor here at postapocalyptic.com. And this is episode number 71. This podcast is a regular thing here on the site, uh, despite the fact that, uh, you know, I didn't do it last week, but that's fine. We're back to our regularly scheduled programming, right? And, uh, and here I am. So fret no longer. So I'm going to talk about the latest news in post-apocalyptic media. That means everything from books and games and comics and all those kind of things. I say everything, but it's basically the things I'm interested in. So that's a thing that's going to happen. Uh, this week's news, we have, you know, the, the usual couple little tidbits here and there, but we have this big news that actually broke the internet. It destroyed the internet and it's back. I think it's it's been stitched back up. Someone cast res on uh, on the internet and it's back. But uh, yeah, I'll be talking about that toward the end of the show. But let's get into some some news right now. And this first little bit of news here is fun. It's fun news because there's a game that's coming out very soon called Stray. Now, if that sounds familiar to you, we talked about Stray way back on podcast episode number one, back when Derek and Stephanie did the, did the show with me. And uh, Stephanie was gushing about this game, which is essentially, so you're a cat, right? In a post-apocalyptic city, like a ruined kind of a, you know, cyber, it's, I think it's actually called Cyber City. It's like a cyberpunk kind of city. And it's been destroyed, but it's also been rebuilt in a, uh, by robots. It's all, everything is inhabited by robots, like the entire world. Um, and this cat befriends a, a, there's a robot named B12, which, yes, it's also a vitamin. Um, and so the cat and the robot apparently are doing adventures together, right? And one of my favorite things, that, now the, the game is very stealthy, you know, you do a lot of stealth missions, but one of my favorite things that they say on the website is that you also have to annoy things. You have to annoy robots probably um, as a cat. Now, <clears throat> I'm a big cat fan, right? I love cats. I have a couple of them myself. Uh, but there, there's there's a, a group of people that don't like cats. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Uh, I'm actually a cat and a dog person. Um, and so I'm like the best of both worlds, basically, right? Uh, but for people who don't like cats, you know, they really don't like cats. Like my, I have family members, you know, who are like, I hate cats and I would kill one if I saw one. So uh, those people probably shouldn't play this game unless you, I, I don't know. I can't really think of a reason. But if you like cats, if you're one of those elite people who like cats, like myself, um, this game sounds exciting because it's not only, not only like a cat simulator, which they've made before, you know, there's a game, a cat simulator game where you knock stuff off tables, right? That's fun. And that's what cats do. That's the life of a cat. Sleep, eat, and knock stuff off tables. Well, this one seems to be a little bit, a little bit deeper than that. You know, you actually have like missions and things like that, but you, and you have to be stealthy, but you get to be annoying. So that's fun. Uh, anyway, so this game, Stray, uh, was 
on the PlayStation Twitter account, they said they listed a couple games that were coming out very soon, indie games, and they said Stray. They listed Stray as one of those games that are coming out very soon. And then if you go to the website, which is, I think it's just stray.game, which is a pretty awesome website uh, URL. Um, If you go to that, they say coming in 2022. So if you combine those two facts, you know, that the official word is 2022 and that PlayStation is saying it's coming out very soon. And here's a third fact. We're in 2022 right now. Um, You mix those together and it kind of points to the fact that this is going to be something that we're going to see very soon. You know, Uh, we're not quite halfway through 2022 for anyone not keeping track. Uh, But I feel like we'll probably see this game by the end of the year. You know, most games, a lot of games like to release in around September, October. So that's, that's my prediction. You've heard it here first. That's my prediction. Uh, But I'm excited to play it. I'm, I'll probably stream it. You know, I'm excited for, to hear Stephanie's, you know, view of it. Um, I'm sure she'll grab it and, and play that game. So, uh, yeah, should be a good time. Uh, next bit of news here. Let's go into, there's a book review on the site. Uh, Tina wrote a book review. Now, the day I'm recording this is May the 4th. And for anyone who doesn't know, uh, it's it's considered Star Wars Day. You know, if you think about May the 4th be with you, May the 4th, do you get it? You get it? Okay. So today is Star Wars Day, the day I'm recording this. And so she wrote a book re- review on a book called Star Wars Phasma. Now, Phasma is Captain Phasma, who, if you watch the last uh, few movies in the Star Wars, the, the basically the third trilogy of movies, seven through nine, um, Captain Phasma is in there. It's the chrome, you know, uh, it's like a stormtrooper with chrome, chromed out armor with a cape, a black cape. Really, really cool. Huge hit with everyone. Like, everyone loves this character. Um so this is like an origin story, I guess, for Captain Phasma, kind of a little bit story. And, and so I know what you're saying right now. You're like, why are you writing about Star Wars books on post-apocalyptic media? Apocalyptic media? And also, why are you talking about it on the podcast, Sean? Sean, why are you doing this? Well, the, uh, the answer is quite simple. It's a post-apocalyptic story. And that's according to Tina, because I haven't read it. But Tina gives a, a full review on the site if you're interested in picking this up or finding out more about it. Um, she does swear that it's a post-apocalyptic book. So there's that. Uh, all right. Next little bit of news here. Every month, and I like to talk about this on the podcast too. Every month, I like to do a Kickstarter, like a top 10, you know, Kickstarter post about the uh, my favorite post-apocalyptic indie Kickstarter projects, right? Anyone who doesn't know, Kickstarter is a way for people to get crowdfunding. Um, if you have a game or a book or a comic book, especially everyone's doing comic books, uh, and you maybe you already have the, the project mapped out, you already have it figured out, you already know what you're going to do, but you need a little extra funding, uh, that's what Kickstarter is for. And it's also a way for people to sign up and get early access to this to this material right that's what i do i mean i'm like i'm addicted to kickstarter and much to my wallet's uh you know 
surprise and uh, and dismay, uh, <clears throat> and my wife's, the, the these projects don't stop coming. They just keep their just every month. There's like these better and better Kickstarter projects, right? And uh, and I absolutely love them. I I go on there and I'll find tabletop games, and comics, and books, and game you know video games, but especially tabletop games. I have so many freaking post-apocalyptic tabletop games that I've gotten off Kickstarter. Uh, and I love them. I really do. There's a couple I haven't played yet, but uh, but yeah, man, I love I love backing these things. So there, every month I do this list where I talk about, you know, my favorites. I, I look through, I basically do a few keyword searches on post-apocalyptic, survival, apocalyptic, apocalypse, because everyone, you know, doesn't just use one keyword. And uh, and I'll find a whole bunch of these games. I mean, every month there's probably 30 to 50 of these, of this type of media that, that pertains directly to us. And then I kind of whittle it down to 10, which isn't easy, you know. Um, the top, I don't know, the top five are usually kind of a given, um, especially the top, you know, the number one is usually like, wow, that's, that's definitely going to be my number one. So in this list for May, I've kind of done that same thing. I have, I'm just going to go quickly through my, the 10 of them, what they are. So number 10 is a comic book called Neverlast. It's the first edition of Neverlast. It's already been funded. It's at right now I'm looking at it. It's 113% funded. So it's going to happen. You know, with Kickstarter, you don't get the rewards unless the project are, uh, you know, actually gets funded. Right. So this one's funded. If you, um, you know, contribute to the campaign right now, you'll, you're, you'll get it. You know, uh, you're actually not, I was going to say you're guaranteed to get it, but you're actually not. They have a, a clause in there that says, that uh, rewards are not guaranteed, but you know it'll ruin someone's reputation if they don't follow through. So most of the time, I've never had a problem. I've never had a problem with anyone not delivering, you know, what they say they're going to do. So yeah, number ten is never last. Number one, it's a comic book, and it looks incredible. Um, number nine is a tabletop card game called Tug of Warriors. Which looks pretty fun. It's a it's just a two player game, a little card game, a two player tar- card game. Now this one's not fun. It's only thirty five percent, but it has I think two more weeks left on it. So, you know, that's it's possible to get that funded. Usually, when these uh, campaigns start, they usually give about thirty days. Some of them will change that. Some will go. You know, you can you can assign that when you when you make your campaign. You can say how long you want it to go. But normally, it's about thirty days, which is why I do this article monthly uh number eight is weapon brown aftershock the little red edition that's a lot that's a lot to say but it's a graphic novel again much like a comic book but it's a graphic novel um this one's already been funded 126 percent as of the time i'm reading this um number seven is another comic book like i said People love to get comic books funded on here. I wish I, if I was an artist and I, you know, if I was like a really good artist and I could uh, uh, make my own comic book, I would definitely go the Kickstarter route. It seems to, see, it just seems to make, you know, make the most sense. All right. So number seven is another comic book called Red Scare. And this is number one, first edition, uh, first issue. 
of this comic book called Red Scare, which they call they call it an action horror comic set in a post-war USA. Um, it is currently 287% funded, so this one's going to happen. Um, there, you know, when you get to that point, it's kind of where you start having stretch goals, and stretch goals are like, you know, additional things that everyone gets. The people who, you know, even the people who who contributed back when it was, you know, five percent funded, they're still going to get these uh, these like add-ons, these extra add-ons. That, that happens with a lot of these. I, I don't know the details in this one exactly um, because I'd have to click on it. And that would be just, that would take way too much time. Uh, so, yeah, this one's 287% funded. Then we have number six, Dawn of the Dude. Dawn of the Dude. This is an action a comedy series. This one is the, it's actually not a comic book. It's actually not a video game. It's not a tabletop game. It's a comedy series. Uh, it looks in, interesting. It's out of Austin, Texas. Um, they have uh, photos in the campaign of the the actors and actresses and their costumes and you know kind of the the direction they're going with it of course they haven't filmed it yet but they have you know everything set up as far as a set uh and all that's in, in there they show off all that stuff so at least you kind of know what you're getting into now i put this as a number at number six because i felt it looks a little cheesy but i like that you know what i mean it looks very like 80s post-apocalyptic you know like the when they when everyone was trying to jump on the mad max bad bandwagon ever, anyone who had a thousand dollars was trying to jump on the mad max bandwagon and that's kind of what i feel like this is doing that they they're asking for i think they're asking for like well i'd have to click on it again not going to do that but i think they're asking for like 50 grand or something like that and they have 26 percent funded uh, they have two, two and a half weeks left on the campaign. So unless there's a really big push, I don't know if this one will actually make it, but I thought it looked cool. I don't really, when I put these up here, I don't really care about like if they look like they're going to get funded or not. Um, now, of course, the campaign itself, if it looks like a, uh, a well-made campaign, that's a big part of, you know, when I, how I rank it on the, on this list. Um, aside from the actual product itself. But um, this one, yeah, it just doesn't look like it's doing that great 26%. So let's get everyone out there and just fund this thing. That would be really great to see. Uh, it's actually, and it's, it's also really tough to fund TV series, uh, a TV series or a movie on this. Because if you think about it, what are the rewards? You know, you get to see it early, you know, and, and maybe you get merchandise or something like that. With At least with games, especially like... <clears throat> You know, tabletop games—you get these this tangible thing, um, and, and with with uh, you know comic books, you get this tangible thing. A lot of times, they're signed or something like that. It's a it's a little harder with uh, with a, a TV series or a movie. All right, moving on. Number five is Fall in the Rift, a strategic turn-based roguelike. Roguelite. This isn't a roguelike; it's a roguelite, which are two different things. Uh, this is a video game. Now, this looks interesting. It's a turn-based game. I love turn-based games. Turn-based is my life right now. That's kind of all, you know, that's all I'll play. Because turn-based, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a twitchy, uh, you know, fast action gamer. You can literally take your turn and then you can get up and go get a snack and not have to press pause or anything like that. Like, I, I love that. Um, <clears throat> so this is called Fall in the Rift. 
It is currently, this is a French game. It looks really cool. I think the art on it is great. I think it's it, it has a great, um, you know, premise. Uh, you're, you're basically building this, this team of adventurers in this post-apocalyptic world. You're fighting monsters, stuff like that. Well, it's only 6% funded, but it doesn't end until May 25th. So it has, uh, you know, about three weeks, three and a half weeks left on that. So here's to hoping that they make it because that's uh, that's a pretty low number. Speaking of low numbers, I don't know what, like, it's a thing here on the top, these, t- these top uh, campaigns that I have on my list, but number four is only 1% funded. Yeah, but this one doesn't end until June 6th, so it has, it has a month left. Um, this one is called Open Me, Box from the Future, and this is an illustration project. What really caught my eye about this one is it's, it's a project where it's a bunch of illustrations that are kind of telling the story of an apocalypse and like, you know, survivors in the apocalypse have, have seen this thing. I feel like this one needs a lot more attention. You know, uh, it's a it's a beautiful project. The, the illustrations are are really gorgeous, um, but it's only one percent funded. So I don't know if this one's going to make it, but I thought it was really cool. I have that currently at my number four. Number three is Children of Yuma, I guess U M A. It's a tabletop game. Now this one is sixty three percent funded, um, and it doesn't end until May nineteenth. So he has a couple weeks left on that. I think this one will make it 63%. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's an RPG. It's, it's a tabletop game, you know, but it's like a, a, a vehicle based uh, tabletop game where you're basically doing vehicle combat. And I love that. I might actually contribute to this one. I usually, oh boy, I usually try to hold back on these and then I, I usually end up, <laughs> you know, uh, contributing to one of these campaigns every month. And I promised myself and my wife that I wouldn't do it this time. But man, Children of Yuma looks really good. I think that's how you pronounce it. U-M-A, Yuma, Uma, whatever, Uma Thurman. Um, number two, Chernoborg. This is a comic book. And this is the second the second issue. This is number two. Um, this one is already funded, 115%. It's already going to happen uh, because it's an incredible incredible looking comic the art is amazing they have a brazilian artist who does this actually the guys who uh make this comic are local to me i don't know them but i noticed that and i was like wow that's pretty cool but anyway so it's a it's gorgeous gorgeous comic this is the second one so that means that you know that they're going to deliver right like they have a reputation already that they're going to deliver so that's, I think, another reason why this has been funded so quickly. Uh, it, now it does, I say so quickly, but this actually does end on Thursday, May 5th. So that by the time you hear this, it'll, it'll be really close, either really close to ending or it will have ended already. Um, so, yeah, sorry about that. <clears throat> and my number one, this is my number one pick for my favorite Kickstarter is Waste Nights Beyond the Horizon. Now, this is an expansion for the tabletop game Waste Nights, which is a really cool-looking game. I saw someone play it uh, at a local convention one time, but I've never played it myself. This is an expansion for it. 
It is currently 775% funded. That means it's going to happen. And that means not only that, I mean, this is an expansion. So people know, you know, the game, the game itself, Waste Nights, I believe was, was kickstarted um, last year, the year before, something like that. So, you know, again, they have the reputation. We know that they're going to deliver. Uh, and this expansion really builds upon that original game. This is the way to do it. This is the way to do a tabletop game. You know, you, you crowdfund the game, you crowdfund expansions because, you you know, people know that you're already going to deliver. So there you have it. Yeah, that's my top 10. Uh, check that out for more information, more details. Every one of these things on this top 10, you can click on and go to their campaign page so that you can uh, learn more information and find out how you can uh, contribute and what kind of rewards you can get, you know, for, for contributing. Um, just don't do it too much. You'll get addicted like me, and then you'll be writing top 10 lists like me. All right, uh, let's go. Uh, so speaking of, you know, releases, this next little bit of news is something I want to talk about. There's a game that came out uh, four days ago called Haiku the Robot. Now, I'm a big fan of robots. I'm also a big fan of haikus. You know, the Japanese poem with the 575, right? Well... <laughs> I don't think this has anything to do with haikus, but his name is Haiku. That's a cool thing, right? This little robot guy. Um, and it's a it's kind of like a side scroller. It's like a uh, I guess like a platformer, but it's it has pixel art. <clears throat> it's very. It looks very like Game Boy, you know the the color scheme and everything, kind of combined with the pixel art. Very cool looking game. It looks like a lot of fun. It's very action adventure oriented. Uh, I believe Val plays it. She she wrote about this, uh, the release of this game, and I believe she plays it. Uh, I have to pick it up one of these days, and maybe I can uh, I can stream it. And if you're not following us on Twitch, <laughs> that reminds me. If you're not following us on Twitch, check us out. It's just Twitch.tv/postapocalypticmedia, and we'll, I'll you know if you go to our sidebar, you can find uh, you can find the information on that. But I try to stream, I'm trying to stream a lot more games lately, and I just streamed a game called Kenshi. This is a, this is a little side note here, but I, I streamed a game called Kenshi the last few times. That is an interesting game. It's very hardcore survival. Um, you know, it's a low-budget indie game, but it's a lot of fun. It's, it's really hardcore. Um, I'll probably be streaming that more, but I did pick up some new games I want to play, and I'll, I'll, give you a little, I'll give you a little teaser of what I think I'll do next. Uh, there's a game called Raft, which is still in early access, but it's been in early access for three, four years now. I, I remember I played it a long, long time ago, and I had no idea that it was even not launched yet. But uh, but they've done a lot to it. It's really cool, kind of a water world, you know, survival on a raft kind of game. Really cool. Uh, and then I picked up another one. Let's see, I did Raft... And then I did. I, I bought these both at the same time. I'm trying to remember what the other one. It was called Ragnorium. That's what it's called, Ragnorium. That is that just launched like two weeks ago, week and a half ago. So I'll be streaming that one too. Um, if anyone wants to come check me out uh, playing these games, streaming these games, head over to our Twitch channel. All right, back to back to the podcast. Okay, so we had so I, I I teased this big news right at the beginning. Now, this is the the internet breaker news. And what happened was 
uh, Melissa McBride, who plays Carol on The Walking Dead, she announced that she is not going to be in the Carol Daryl spinoff. Now, you might be wondering, how does that work? <laughs> the entire spinoff is based on the fact that she would be in it, right? Everyone loves Carol. Carol, uh, Carol and Daryl have been there since, since uh, season one, you know, since the beginning. And Carol has really gone through a lot of changes. Both of them. Both of them were, were not even, I don't believe, well, I know that Daryl's character wasn't supposed to really be go as far as it did, uh, but Carol's wasn't, it's kind of supposed to be a different direction. Although the comic books are, you know, the comic books kind of dictate how the show went. So, you know, you look at that, but Carol, <clears throat> Carol's character has become a fan favorite. There's no doubt about that. Uh, she's a badass in the show. Um, and, and her, her character is just, it, it seems to get better and better. Like this season's Carol is really good. Although last season, season's Carol is really great too. But uh, anyway, so they planned this, this spinoff, the Daryl and Carol spinoff, right? It was going to be this whole thing. Well, it turns out they were going to do it in Europe. They're going to film this in Europe. And Melissa McBride was basically like, well, I can't do that. You know, I've been doing this show for 11 years and uh, every year, and it's just been my, my full-time job and, and, you know, I've been giving my, my blood, sweat, and tears to this. And I can't really just leave my family and go to Europe for however long it takes, you know, six, seven months, eight months, and and do this new show. So I'm going to have to say no. Well, I think ordinarily, you know, if an actor said that, they would be like, well, understandable. We'll figure something out, you know. Uh, <laughs> and, then the, and then the fans would be like, oh, that's horrible. Hopefully they'll figure something out. Well, no. What happened here was uh, the fans went a little nuts. They they were blaming Daryl's Daryl. You know, Daryl's uh, the actor who plays Daryl Norman Reedus. They were blaming him for some weird reason. I don't understand. I guess they were they thought there was some kind of conflict there or something like that. So they're blaming him personally. Um, they're blame, blaming AMC. They're blaming they. I don't think they were blaming Melissa McBride. I, I don't think anyone really got toxic toward her, but they were getting super, super toxic against Norman Reedus. So <clears throat> then we have Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays Negan. Now, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is, uh, <laughs> he's an outspoken fellow, right? Uh, he will speak his mind. He, he's kind of, I mean, he's almost to the point of Negan, right? I don't think he smashed anyone's head in with a baseball bat. We don't know, but I would say that he hasn't um, for the record. Um, so he got on Twitter and he said, hey, there's no reason to be like this toward Norman, right? Like he hasn't done anything. This is completely, uh, you know, aimless, aimless claims about this being his fault. And then AMC had to come forward and say, hey, everyone, stop, chill, chill out. Stop blaming Norman Reedus for, for this. Stop, you know, going crazy. Um, <clears throat> we understand you love Carol. She's a great act uh, a great character and melissa is a great actress but that's not what this is about this is just basically about a schedule conflict where she doesn't want to go to europe to film this entire show right and that's it i, uh, I wrote an article about it and i literally said that's it that's the end you know and and also i pointed out and i think this is uh important is by melissa mcbride saying 
I don't feel like doing this, so I'm not going to do it. That's such a Carol move, right? That's exactly what Carol would do. Carol would be like, eh, I'm going to go this way. You're going to go that way? Okay. Okay, Daryl, you go that way. Everybody, you go that way. I'm going to go this way a little while. I mean, both Daryl and Carol are like that, right? They've both done it in the show. So for for fans to, to not pick up on that and to be like, what? I mean, I, you know, it's a different situation because they're not going to see her in the show. But to to not pick up on the fact that, hey, this is actually a really Carol thing to do, uh, I think it was funny. Um, so, yeah, so AMC had to clean up the mess a little bit. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan had to clean up the mess. Well, he didn't really have to. He kind of just <laughs> jumped out there and offered up his uh, opinion on it. Um, but I, you know, th- the important thing here through all of this weird craziness is that AMC said that they're going to find a way. This is the, this is the exact quote right here. They say, Carol is a beloved and vital character and we are working to find a way for fans to again follow her story as only Melissa could give life to in the expanding universe around The Walking Dead. The fans have always been the driving force between hashtag TWD family and always will be. So the, the important part here is they say, we are working to find a way for fans to again follow her story. So either that means they're going to give up on the Europe idea which I'm sure it's already been written. I'm sure that, you know, there, it's already been set up and I'm sure that it would be a big deal to move it back to, you know, the Georgia area, which is where they filmed forever. But I don't know. I think I feel like um, it's either that or they're going to make a completely different story for her. I, I don't see that one as much well i mean it's possible but i don't see them replacing uh melissa mcbride in this daryl carroll spinoff they can't just get a new carol <laughs> i mean if people are flipping out now it's not like you know like in the soap operas when you're growing up and you're in and they would be like today's uh alex buchanan is being played by something you know it's not like that you can't just flip in a, a different actor and say let's pretend like that's a different you know, the same person that would, that would cause a little, a literal rift in the earth, I think. So I think that they're going to have to figure something out to get, to get her still in there and playing this role, but on her terms. Right. And that's only fair. She's developed this character to the point (laughs) that it's at right now. And she deserves to do it her way. I don't see any other way around it. I really don't. Um, so here's to hoping that we get to see some kind of resolution to this. Either um, she gets to, you know, play, they, they actually do the spinoff and, and it's somewhere else more convenient for her or uh, a totally different story. We'll see. Uh, but if they do a totally different story, I hope they scrap this Carol Daryl thing and don't try to replace her. Yeah, because that would be crazy. All right. Well, that's all the news I had for today. I I could sit here and talk about this forever. Everyone knows I'm a a big uh, Walking Dead fan. And I, you know, when when the show comes back, I'll be writing more recaps and reviews of each episode as we finish out uh, season 11, this final season. So look forward to that. That'll be coming back in the fall. Um, So yeah, good, good, good times with the Walking Dead. But again, thanks everyone for listening. 
Um, I will be here again next week. And uh, and make sure, like I said, make sure you follow the, the Twitch. Watch me stream some games. And, uh, and make sure you head over to postapocalyptic.com to check out everything we have going on there because it's way more than I talk about on the show. Um, and just, you know, see what we're up to. Check out our Discord, too, where we, we have little uh, conversations. We're actually trying to get a, a tabletop game uh, session set up uh, among a few of us in there. So that would be kind of cool. So if you're into that, check that out. Uh, but, yeah, that's all on the Discord. Uh, thanks everyone for listening and I will talk to you next time but until then stay alive out there and always be ready for the big one bye bye